With the pandemic still going strong, more and more people qualify for the IRS's Offer and Compromise program. Here's how to greater your chances of acceptance, as well as some surefire ways to get denied. I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. So there are three types of offers for the most part, three types of offers in compromise. I'll start using OIC for short. The first OIC, which is the more most common one, is the doubt as to collectability. What does this mean? This means, hey, IRS, I know I owe you some money. It's a lot of money, and I just cannot afford to pay that money in full. So will you please accept a lesser amount? And what does that lesser amount look like? Well, it's going to be based off of a specific calculation. And that calculation is going to include how much money you owe, your monthly income, your monthly expenses. If you have any assets, the IRS will look at the fair market value of those assets. So any vehicles, any property like houses or land, boats, if you have some um, family heirloom, let's say if you have a painting, this expensive painting, things like that, all of those things are considered assets. And the IRS also considers your lifestyle as well as where you actually live in the country, or if you live outside the country for that matter, because people with tax debt, federal tax debt, sometimes they don't always reside in the U.S. So the IRS takes all of that under consideration. Now, just know that it's always going to be on based on your current financial situation as well as your potential future financial situation. So typically, the less income or assets you have, the more likely you will qualify for this particular type of offer, which is the doubt as to collectability. Then you have what's called the doubt as to liability. And all that is, is, hey, IRS, I see it looks like you think I owe you all this money, but this is not my bill. I don't know whether it's my ex-husband's bill or somebody could say, hey, it's my boss's bill or I was a victim of identity theft or I never did receive this 1099 or I never worked for this company or I never pulled this money out of my retirement account. Wherever, whatever it is, this is not my bill. So I doubt IRS. I doubt that I am liable for these taxes. And then the last type of offer or OIC is effective tax administration. What does that mean? That means, hey, IRS, yes, I have the money to pay you. I have either some of the money or I have all of the money. But, oh, by the way, and I know that this is my bill. Yeah, I owe you the money, but I have some of it or I have all of it, 
But based on the way my life is situated right now, based on how my financial life is set up, it's not going to be in my best interest to actually pay you. Now, this is big for 2021. Why? Because there are so many people in this situation. There are so many people with unplanned financial events, more people staying with them because of job losses. So they may have gone from a house of two, husband and wife, to a house of five, husband, wife, children, grandchildren, or a house of 10, husband, wife, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, their children. So it just, it you know, or very good friend or whatever the case may be, but your life, your financial life is totally different. No one planned for COVID, but COVID happened. So that's one situation where, yeah, I have the money, but with all these people staying with me, now my light bill is more, my water bill is more, my elect, my food bill is more, okay? Another unplanned event, people are actually getting sick still. So some people may even have COVID. If you have COVID, you're not working. That's an unplanned event, okay? You're not working. That means you're not getting paid. So even if you have some equity built up in some certain assets, it doesn't even matter because you may need that money to survive until you can get yourself better, until you heal from COVID. Another thing is there are some people because of the pandemic, some people have lost their jobs. They don't know when they're going back to work. So there again, yes, you might have assets. You might have a little bit of money in the bank. You might can afford to pay the whole tax bill off. Let's say your tax bill is $50,000. You might have $100,000 in the bank. But with all the other circumstances around you, all of the unplanned events, you can't afford to give the IRS that money because you don't know how much of it you will need. So those are examples of effective tax administration. When owing the Internal Revenue Service, there are plenty of options when it comes to resolving the tax debt. The most common option or the most sought after option, I should say, is that offer in compromise. So let's start by talking about what exactly is the offer in compromise. This is the program which the IRS allows taxpayers to settle their tax liabilities for less than they owe. Now, know that if you do qualify for this program, it is a privilege. It's not a rite of passage. It's not like the IRS is Auntie Oprah. You get an offer and you get an offer. It doesn't work like that. The IRS doesn't just give out these offers and compromises easily. 
Matter of fact, in 2019, the IRS approved less than 33% of the offers they received. And also keep in mind, if you're one of the lucky offer and compromise recipients, know that you'll have to jump through a whole lot of hoops to get the offer accepted as well as keep that offer accepted. Now that you know the types of offers, a lot of people always ask, well, how much should I even offer? Well, one, it depends on the type of offer that you're going to make, whether it's doubt as to collectability or liability or effective tax administration. If it's doubt as to liability, then you're not going to offer anything. You might offer them a dollar to leave you alone. Same thing with effective tax administration, just zero or a dollar. Now, keep in mind, and I'm saying zero, but the IRS will reject in most cases an offer of zero dollars. So you don't want to do that. But with the doubt as to collectability, that offer, how much you should offer, is going to depend on all of those things we talked about before, your financial situation, your financial DNA, how is going to determine how much you should offer. And all of those calculations are in the eyes of the IRS. It matters not to the IRS that you feel that you have to get your nails done every two weeks because that just boosts your um, ego or it helps you feel better during the pandemic, that's not an allowable living expense in the eyes of the IRS. Now, realistically speaking, let's say someone lives in California and they're making $50,000 a year and someone in South Carolina is making $50,000 a year. There's a difference in the cost of living from California to South Carolina. As a result, the standard allowable living expenses will be different. So what you offer is going to be based off of not only your income, but where you live in the country. And then the lifestyle is going to take a part as well, but it has to be something serious. It can't be I'm wanting to get a massage. Now, let's say I, I talk about the massages, but let's say the doctor has prescribed massages for some health reason, then that can be a factor, but it has to be proven. So the amount that you should make in your offer is going to be a specific calculation as well based on your income and expenses and equity if you have it in any assets, as well as where you live in the country or outside of the country. Now let's talk about the process, the whole process itself. And it's basically four simple steps. One, you're gonna make sure that all of your necessary tax returns are filed. And if you're a business owner, that means those business returns, business income tax returns, as well as business payroll tax returns, if you have them. Step two, make sure 
that you prepare the right form for the type of offer that you're making. If not, guess what? Your offer will be denied. If you're an individual, make sure to submit with your offer form 433A. If you are a business, make sure and submit with your offer form 433B is in boy. Number three, make sure that you choose a way to pay. So choose how you will pay for the offer type that you have selected. Now, remember I told you that the most common is the doubt as to collectability. And this is where most of it is going to come into play. You have two options to make payments with your offer. Lump sum payment or a periodic payment. So that lump sum payment I consider like the quick and dirty type payment plan. You're going to initially put down 20%. You're going to send 20% of your total offer with the application. I like to call this 20% like a peace offering, if you will. And if you if your offer is accepted, as soon as it, it is accepted, you have five months to pay the rest of whatever you decided to offer. And that's it. Quick and dirty. 20% down, offer accepted, five months to pay the rest. That's it. The next offer, that periodic payment, you have... That is like a more stretched out plan. You're going to pay that within a two-year time frame. Now, it's tricky. It's a little catch. Even though they stretch it out, what's going to happen is you're going to submit an initial payment with your offer, but then you're going to continue to make monthly payments until the IRS decides whether they're going to accept or reject your offer. You heard me right. You're going to make monthly payments. So basically, you're going to make payments as though they have accepted your offer. Now, here's the kicker with that. If they don't accept your offer, guess what? You do not get that money back. So be careful with selecting the periodic payments amount. Okay, you have to be careful with both of them, but you definitely don't want to take the time and and your money and start paying them every month. And then they come back and say you're denied. So the fourth in the process, fourth step is just to submit the offer. And then you wait and wait and wait. In normal non-COVID times, your offer would probably be processed within an eight to 10 week period. Due to COVID, you could, you could expect those times to triple or sometimes quadruple. So it's hurry up and get it out the door and then you wait. There is a lot that goes into crafting the offering compromise, making sure that it's all perfect to be accepted. 
and you jump through a lot of hoops. And I'll share with you just a few. First of all, they're going to, the IRS will, they're going to do a thorough financial background on you, right? So they're just wanting to make sure that you're telling them the truth about your financial situation and how they're going to even start knowing your financial information. You're going to have to send them with the offer. You're going to send them loads of proof to verify the income that you're telling them that you have, the expenses that you're telling them that you have. So it's going to be a lot of paperwork. If you send the wrong forms, guess what? The IRS will deny your paperwork. They're going to deny the whole offer. If you don't sign the return or you're missing a signature somewhere, guess what? Denied. You're going to have to start the whole process over. There's even a certain way that you have to send the payments because there's an application fee. It's typically $205. That's the most current application fee. Sometimes those fees are waived for for lower income taxpayers. Um, But for the most part, you send the application fee and you send the payment, depending on whether you decided on the lump sum payment or you went with the um, with the stretched out payment is, is what I call it. And it's not called stretched out payment. It's the periodic payment. So depending on the payment method that you chose, you're going to have to send those fees a certain kind of way. If not, the IRS doesn't care. They'll send those checks back and they will deny your application. So if you are accepted, just know all of the hoops that you had to go through to actually get to the acceptance. So don't lose your acceptance. So what do you do when an offer is accepted? Well, first of all, you do a little dance, a little happy dance, because you are now able to sleep a little better at night because you don't owe the IRS anymore, or you don't owe them as much, I should say. But here are three steps you need to take if your offer is accepted. Number one, make sure that you file all tax returns for five years after the offer is accepted. File those tax returns on time and pay whatever you owe on those tax returns. If not, the IRS is going to rescind their offer. Yes, that can happen. Trust me, I've had clients that have had this to happen to them. I've had people that have come to me from different places who's had that happen to them. And I have had clients of my own that we've gotten the offers accepted, and then they did not file a tax return for whatever reason, and then their offer was rescinded. And guys, even though it is possible because I have gotten offers re-accepted, but it is not a pretty sight at all, and it's a long process, and you just don't want those problems with the IRS. 
Number two, when your offer is accepted, you are going to forego your current tax refund if you have it, as well as any previous year refunds that you haven't received yet. Okay, so just know, don't expect your very first refund. And let's say you filed a bunch of taxes at the same time and you are due some tax refunds. Don't expect them because the IRS will be keeping those refunds. And lastly, you must make sure that any payments that you agree to pay are paid on time. So if they're quarterly estimated taxes, pay them on time. Business owners, if you have payroll taxes, excise taxes, pay them on time. If you don't, then the IRS can rescind their offer and you don't want those problems. What happens if your OIC is rejected? Well, you have the right, if it's rejected, you can request an independent review. The IRS has to tell you why did they reject it. And this review will go to an IRS appeals office. And then they have a certain amount of time to get you some information. Well, you have a you have 30 days to request information. And then they have a certain amount of time afterwards to get you the information back that you've requested. But you need to know why they denied you, whether it's you said you had X amount in expenses and and they are not allowing the expenses or you told them you had X amount of income, but they feel you had more in more income. They have to tell you they have to prove to you why your application for an offer is being rejected. Then the negotiation starts all over again. So you will regather information because by this time, guys, so much time has passed, right? So you are gathering your information that you sent them beforehand. By the way, always never send the IRS copies of, of any of your original information. You send them copies. Never give them originals. You send them copies. You keep a copy of what you sent to them. And now if you're at the stage where you have to negotiate an appeal because your offer was denied, you need to gather the old evidence, records, financial information, as well as the new, most current information. So if your IRS, let's say they denied you and it took them six months, well, now you have to give them the current information. So give them the old and the new. And don't just rely on giving them documentation. You need to be able to rely on the documentation. You need to rely on case law. You need to rely on the Internal Revenue Code. All of those things you have to rely on to give them in order for the appeal process to start 
over again. So there you have it, guys, the ins and outs of the offers and compromises for 2021. I hope that this podcast episode has shed some light on your ability to actually qualify for it. I know you hear a lot of those large advertisers out there and they're telling you, yes, we can get you the offering compromise. We can get you pennies on the dollar. And sometimes that's just not true. So I offer you today to please give us a call if you need any assistance in making a decision on what you qualify for, whether it's the offer and compromise or not, we will make sure that you understand exactly what you qualify for. We will scrub the IRS's transcripts. We will scrub the information that you provide for us, whether it's income, expenses, or assets, and we will analyze it and let you know exactly what you qualify for and help you make an informed decision on how to best permanently resolve your tax issues. Again, I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. Till next time, bye y'all.